Welcome to the Faith for All podcast. This week, we will be listening to a sermon from Pastor Dana O'Brien's sermon series about the Sermon on the Mount. This sermon series was originally given between August and November 2023. We hope this sermon is both meaningful and educational for you. If anybody has um, a Bible, if you do, and if you, if, if you do, um, you're going to open it to page 1504 in a little bit. If you don't, you can just wing it and I can tell you anything and you will have to believe me because you can't check it. So, so remember I told you this was going to be a, a pretty busy day. Well, we're all, we've already sent the kids off on the first day of Sunday school, which I almost forgot to do. And then we just finished baptizing little Bennett Harlow today. And of course, and he did a great job. It was a little touch and go there at the beginning, but, but he came through like a real trooper. Um, and you know, of course, the baptism of a little baby like Bennett is, is just the best, the most wonderful example of God's powerful action to name and claim us. Because, because before we can do anything, Bennett, he's too little, he's four months old, he can't do a thing. Before we can do anything, God comes to us. God calls us God's own and God assures each and every one of us that just like Bennett, we are loved, we are valued, we are God's masterpiece. Now, Bennett's baptism segues perfectly into the start of our fall sermon series, all about Jesus' most famous set of teachings called the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is all about what it means to be a disciple who lives according to the values of God's kingdom right in the middle of today's world. Now, I say that we're starting the sermon series today, and we are, but if you were with us two weeks ago, you remember that we actually introduced it back then, okay? We reminded ourselves that if we want to be in an intimate relationship with God, if we, if we want to follow Jesus daily and live into the abundant life that God offers to each of us, and remember, when I say abundant life, I'm not talking prosperity gospel. I'm talking about a life of joy and meaning and love, a life of significance, not necessarily a life of material wealth. That's the abundant life that God wants to give us. And if we, if we want to, if we want to live as, and partner with God in God's redemptive mission in this world to make this world more of the place that God originally created it to be, then we really need to take seriously. We really need to take seriously what Jesus says in this Sermon on the Mount, okay? We find it in chapters five through seven of Matthew's Gospel. And before, before we jump into the sermon itself, um, we're gonna set the stage again, just so we get a sense of exactly what's going on here, in case you either weren't here a couple weeks ago, or like me, you can't remember what you were doing yesterday, much less two weeks ago. So, if you have a Bible, go ahead and pull it out. It's on page. You're going to turn to Matthew 4 on page 1504 of the red ones. If not, as I said, just listen to me. Pretty much everything you need is going to be on, on the screen. Just about halfway through chapter 4, Jesus starts his ministry. He's about age 30, which is, which is the time when Jewish rabbis start their public teaching. And like Bennett here, Jesus has just been baptized in the chapter before, in chapter 3. And now in chapter 4, Verse 17, he begins his public ministry with the words, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Okay, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the key phrase throughout the Gospel of Matthew, certainly the key phrase for Jesus' entire Sermon on the Mount. Now, as I've mentioned, the kingdoms of the, he the kingdom of the heaven, and, and I'm going to call it the kingdom of God. Um, it's the same thing. Matthew re usually refers to it as the kingdom of heaven. Luke and Mark always refer to it as the kingdom of God. It's easier for me to say fewer syllables. So anyway, um, the kingdom of God is the way that the world will look when God is finally in control, in complete control. We know right now that our, our world is broken, right? We don't, I don't have to 
I don't have to prove that to you. You look around, you see brokenness all around you. Um, so we are in, in that in-between time, between the time that Jesus came and the time that God fully sets to right the entire world, okay? Um, and the kingdom of God is what Jesus' teachings and miracles and preaching, they were all about. They were all about. It, 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 it's, what, it's what Jesus' ministry, entire ministry, was all about. And so the first thing he does after he, oh, excuse me, the first thing he does when he, when he gets here, he calls everyone to repent. To, and repent isn't, isn't, you know, I'm sorry for my sins. Repent is change your life. Turn around. Um, get with the program. God is doing a new thing here, and God wants you to be a part of it in order to grab hold of the kingdom life that Jesus offers. And so right after, so Jesus announces the kingdom, and right after that, he gathers some disciples. And disciples are people who are going to commit to follow him wherever he goes so they can learn to be just like him. And so Jesus is walking along the seashore, and he invites these four fishermen, okay? Just, they're just ordinary guys. They're, they're not the best. They're not the brightest. They're a lot like us. Jesus invites him to drop what they're doing and follow him, and that's exactly what they do. Kind of surprising, but they literally drop what they're doing. One of, two of them leave their father still sitting in the boat, and they, and they follow. And then at the end of chapter 4, we get a picture of what Jesus' ministry looks like. Okay? We see him traveling around Galilee, teaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every sort of disease and illness. Okay? So Jesus, I mean, when you start healing people of diseases, you're going to become famous, and that's exactly what happens. Jesus becomes famous, and these crowds of people mostly made up of sick people and down-and-out folks who, who need Jesus' help, they're people in the margins back then. They start following him wherever he goes. And so now we finally get to chapter 5, which is where the sermon starts. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside, he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. Okay, two important things. First, it looks here, if you just read this verse, that Jesus' teachings are intended only for his, at this point, four disciples. He's going to get eight more. Um, but that's not the case, because when you get to the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, on uh, Matthew 7, 28, you find out that the crowds were also listening in. They, he, he's looking at his disciples, but all the people, all the people are listening in. So we know that Jesus' teachings on the sermon are meant for everyone, for everyone, the crowds as well as his closest disciples. And, and Jesus will make it pretty clear in a few minutes. God's kingdom is available to everybody, to everybody. And that includes, of course, all of us here today. Now, second... We're told Jesus went up a mountain, and that's, and that's really important, okay? Because we know that in the Bible, mountains are where big things happen, okay? God shows up on mountains. Transform, transformative things happen on mountains. Where did Moses get the Ten Commandments? These are all rhetorical. You should know the answer. Where did Moses get the Ten Commandments? On a mountain. Where did Elijah meet God in the silence? On a mountain. Where did Jesus face his final temptation? On a mountain. A whole bunch of stuff happens on a mountain. And so when we hear Jesus went up to a mountain, we can expect something big. And we are not disappointed because Jesus sits down and he starts to teach. And he starts, as might be expected from a Jewish rabbi, he starts with blessings. He starts by talking about those who are blessed by God. And, and I, I need to step back a minute, tell you, when we talk about blessings, okay, we mean people who are honored by God, people who are favored by God, people who um, who God values, who God cares about, who God is with, people who, who have God on their side, okay? Now, the Old Testament, especially the Psalms, and there's a bunch of examples on the screen, is filled with blessings. So no one in the crowd listening to Jesus would be surprised when Jesus starts with blessings. They wouldn't be surprised until they hear who Jesus is blessing. And so 
if, you're, if you've got your Bible, feel, follow, follow with me. Otherwise, read it off the screen. Otherwise, just listen. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for those is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for, because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way the they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay, do you hear that? Does that sound like a blessing to you? What sort of an upside-down blessing is that, okay? I mean, normally, when you're, when you're holding people up as blessed, you know, you're, there are people who you want others to emulate, okay? Somebody you want to encourage the rest of us to strive for so that we'll become blessed too, right? In, in our culture, I mean, we can think of the people who are normally blessed. They're, you know, people who are successful, people who are wealthy, people who are beautiful, people who are fa famous, the influencers on social media. Those are the people who are blessed, right? Right? People who have it all. But here, here Jesus, Jesus isn't blessing any of those people that we would consider blessed by the world standards, right? None of those people, especially those, those first four groups, poor in spirit, the mourning, the meek, those thirsting for righteousness, these people are suffering, okay? Not only are they blessed, but they're at the bottom. If we looked at the Greek words in more detail, and we won't, or we would be here for weeks and weeks and weeks, but if we did, we would find, I'll tell you what we'd find, we would find that these people are the poor, the homeless, the joyless, the powerless, needy people who have been denied justice. These are the people who are crushed and beaten down. They are the nobodies of their time. It doesn't get any worse than this. No one would ever in their wildest dreams consider these people blessed. And while the latter part of the, the list, the second five of them, is more ambivalent, overall, none of these are situations that we would prefer to find ourselves in. So you gotta ask, what the heck is Jesus doing here? What's he, what's he doing with these upside-down blessings? And, and I'm going to tell you, he's doing a couple things. First, he's using these upside-down blessings to tell us that God's kingdom, which is the kingdom that Jesus comes to inaugurate, is absolutely nothing, 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 nothing like the kingdoms of the world, okay? It's not like the Roman Empire that dominated the lives of the people who were first listening to this sermon. And it's nothing like the world we live in today. Okay, he's going to more fully explain what God's kingdom looks like as we get to the next two chapters of the sermon. But here, right out of the, right out of the, right out of the, the, the box, right from the very beginning, he, he hits us with this radical notion that God favors the nobodies. God favors the losers. God favors those on the margins and the bottom rungs of our world. These people are not blessed anywhere else, but they are welcomed and they are valued in God's kingdom, okay? That takes a little getting used to. And here's the thing. Remember I told you that he was being followed by all these crowds? Well, many of those people were sick. They were marginalized. They were in Jesus' original audience. They would have heard this as amazingly good news, right? Because nobody ever blessed them. They were, they were the ones that Jesus was describing. They were the poor. They were the crushed down by the economics of the Roman world. They didn't think much of themselves because nobody else thought much of them. 
They were the nobodies of their time. And to hear, to hear, my gosh, to hear that God favored them, that was good news beyond their wildest dreams. It's the same today. These blessings continue to speak mind-blowing good news to people who are, who are victims of a world bent on destruction, right? To, to those who are looked down upon, ignored, sidelined, for, to refugees fleeing violence who don't seem to be welcome anywhere, to families living day-to-day uncertain where their next meal is coming, to those who are, who are mourning loved ones caught in the web of addiction or some other thing and, and who feel powerless to help. And, and as we look farther down those lists of blessings, Jesus' words are good news to those who, despite the negativity in the world around them, engage in really simple acts of mercy and compassion. They do, do what they can to make this world a better place. They're good, they're good news to those who are willing to step into the polarization and divisions that are so common today in an attempt to bring peace and reconciliation. Maybe... Some of you see yourselves in these blessings somewhere. Maybe you hear God's good news for you, God's promised comfort and mercy, God's presence with you, God's God's for you, and God's kingdom being offered to you. Second, even if you don't hear yourself in that list of blessings, these blessings are good news for all of us. Because Jesus' words call us to a life a new, in a new kind of kingdom, right? I've said it before, it's a different kind of kingdom, unlike any that the world has to offer. The kingdom Jesus brings is about humility rather than status. It's about mercy rather than revenge. It's about striving for peace rather than having our way through violence and might. It's about an other-focused life rather than one centered on our own wants. And it's a kingdom in which, as I said, God welcomes all people, even the, those that the world may not honor respect even those that the world would never bless. It's a kingdom based on love. And it's so much, it's so much better than any other kingdom that the world can offer. And you guys, that's good news. Finally, in blessing those people not blessed by the world, Jesus is telling us, he's telling us to look for God's blessing and God's presence and God's activity in unexpected people and places. In unexpected people and places, unlike our cultural stereotypes about who's blessed, right? Fame, wealth, power, status. We should be looking for God's blessings among, among ordinary folks, even among the nobodies in our society. With these upside-down blessings, Jesus is telling us that God regularly and relentlessly shows up where we least expect God to be. Moreover, when any of us are dealing with disappointment or despair, when we find ourselves on the outside looking in, when we're in situations that the world doesn't consider blessed, we can be assured that God is there with us. God is on our side, blessing us that we might be a blessing. And maybe you, like me, heard something else in these words. Because at the same time, Jesus' words challenge us. Because those whom God declares as blessed, those who are honored in God's kingdom, well, those same people should be blessed and honored by all of us who claim to follow Jesus, especially especially for those of us who consider ourselves pretty fortunate by the world's standards. Jesus' call is for an entire, entire rethinking of our priorities, entire reconsidering of who and what should be important and valued in our lives. God's kingdom calls us to a new way of being and a new way of seeing a new way of seeing, so that we can see that all of God's children are blessed and valued and honored. And you guys, that's hard. It's really hard. I mean, when, we, when it comes right down to it, we all have people that we think shouldn't be blessed. I mean, they just, they just shouldn't be. But the key to remember throughout all this is we too are blessed, each and everyone here. 
Remember Bennett's baptism? Just happened a few minutes ago. We too, like Bennett, we are claimed, we are called God's beloved children. Each of you, God values you. God honors you. God favors you. God is with you wherever you go. And God's presence and God's grace empower all of us to do what we cannot do on our own, but what God calls us to do, to bless and to honor and value all of God's people and to become more of the people that God originally created us to be. So next week we continue our look at the sermon and we're going to look at how the sermon engages our culture. Um, and we're going to look at righteousness, anger, and divorce, three topics that are close, near to dear to all of our hearts. Faith for All was created by Cross of Glory Church. If you'd like more information on Cross of Glory, please visit our webpage at crossofglory.com where you can learn more about the church, see our upcoming events, and watch previous services and sermons. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Everyone, and we do mean everyone, is welcome to join us at 9.30 a.m. each Sunday morning for worship on our website, Facebook, YouTube, or in person at 14719 West 163rd Street, Homer Glen, Illinois. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, family, and anyone else you can think of about it. Faith for All is available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you find podcasts. Todd Mazera created our original music. John Uzardo engineered the sound. Jeff Wanderson handled the production duties. And I'm your friend and humble announcer, Andrew Morin. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>